Posse Packer Nation. Welcome to another episode of Podcast, the podcast where you don't have to be a Packers fan, but it sure does help. I'm your host, Sam Grassi. And oh boy, we shouldn't have an interview this week. We have no games. We're on a bye. It's a beautiful thing. We just get to watch stress-free football all weekend. So I said, wait, Tom, you can't have a day off. You can't have a day off. So what we did inside, we went to go for the big fish. We got the big fish. We ain't got no minnows here. No, 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 no. Had Adam rank last week. He's fine. But now we got the marlin. That's right. But then we let it go because cruelty-free fishing. Yep. We got the man, the co-host of Packers Unscripted, the man that Brian Gutekunst has said personally that he is a mentor and a lifelong friend. I read it somewhere. Ladies and gentlemen, from Packers.com, Wes Hodkowitz. Man, Tom, what, that was a hell of an intro, man. I mean, like, I think I got I to take some of that energy and use it in my own stuff. My goodness, <laughs> that was the best one I've ever received. Thank you. That was the whole show. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> right. was, we're done now. That it was, was fun. Unique, and it's all downhill from here. <laughs> Buddy, how you doing? I'm doing good, Tom. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, obviously, when I got that, that DM, you slid into my DMs with the, with the request. I, I was like, man, you know, I've been doing this now. This is my ninth season, eighth season on the Packers beat. I was like, you know what? This very moment, this nine second, years and nine months. Yeah. Yes. Twelve. You know, all this stuff I put into all this, this, this is the moment in which I know I've arrived and, and here I am. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. That probably is the saddest thing that's ever been said on this podcast, but yeah, um, <laughs> that's, 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 that's great. That's you know what? I'm happy for you that you think that highly of me. Um, but whew, perception is, uh, is something, <laughs> but buddy, no, I'm so, I'm so happy to have you on. Um, it's been it's been uh, a long time, as in never. So um, I'm glad that we had an opportunity to bring you on. I got lots to talk about. Um, we got the maiden name. We got the social security number. And now we're just going to really jump into the genealogy here. Yep. So the first thing that, that I want to ask you, and this is very, very important. When you were hired by the Green Bay Packers, how many of those shirts did they provide? Oh, what an excellent question. Um, I can tell you for a fact, I'll never forget this. My producer for Packers Unscripted, Matt Arvin, we refer to him as Marvin because at one time we had 38 mats that worked on our floor. He brought me down to the Packers Pro Shop and personally with me bought my first three shirts from the Packers Pro Shop because I started in the off season. Ooh. I got hired in April. April. Yeah. So I didn't actually get the full allotment, the training camp gear until July. So I had to find a way to get through those opening months with clothing. Yeah. And I threw the shirt over there. I was wearing the pullover. The first thing I ever bought, I was wearing that today and I, it's too far away for me to go get. But uh, ever since then, fortunately, I would say originally for about a time, it was about 50, 50, what uh, came out of the West Hodkowitz uh, bank account and what came out of uh, the Green Bay Packers oh. bequeathing me uh you know, clothing. And I think that's more about 75, 25. Now I've really, uh, I've ramped my, you know, really ramped my game up. So yeah, this one right here, this was from the uh, 2020 collection. Okay. Well, can I say one, you're rocking it Two, most importantly, see, okay. Cause that's surprising. Cause when, when I've went, you know, 
Just call him Mark. You know, when Mark and I had our interviews, you know, uh, they they were they were not stingy. I got uh, a water bottle that had a Packers logo on it because that that's a thing. Uh, I don't remember the brand. It's it's some brand that is not in New York. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. I mean, it was warm. It wasn't cold, but I was just like, wow, this is. This is like a continental breakfast here. Like this is some this is some hardcore service. So I was curious when it came to apparel, how they were hooking you up. So okay, yeah. seventy five twenty five, and and that's you seventy five. Yeah, Never- because every once in a while, you know, I'll go down. The pro shop is literally directly underneath me right that's now. So I go down there, and occasionally there's stuff that I like, and it's like you know what, mm. that would look good in the uh, the old closet. Cool. So we've uh, and now that I've almost been here for five years, it's yeah. uh, it's it's quite the extensive uh mm. you know list of clothing that i've been able to accumulate okay all right well all right i i mean i'm a little disappointed in the 25 percent number i mean like packers come on and like it's five years hopefully it's they give you like better a, it's getting better okay hopefully they get you like a, a gift bag or something for your birthday you know also five year anniversary coming up five's a big one i think i get like a piece of is it like a roll away luggage or something like that oh oh okay yeah. is that what's next on like the raffle okay so like well they just... give you that little it's like any other job like my dad worked down at uh, georgia pacific down the street they give you you know you have the 5 10 15 year anniversary they give you a little yeah. pamphlet and you get to pick something out there and 50 dollars gift card to the packers pro shop anything <laughs> you know like something like that yeah it's that's how you, that's also how I know I'm I'm getting up there in age now too that I'm starting to hit those milestones once you yeah what once you start opening the pamphlet and you're just like <sighs> Where do the years go? Yeah, I'm not Where getting the free go? pencil anymore. Now I'm looking at the clock. You know, and, that's, and, <laughs> that's how you know. <laughs> and listen, 32 years old. I mean, what's 75 years look like? I mean, you could hit it. You could hit. I like, could. what's that? Like, what is it? Are they just like, you know what? You get a $75 gift card for the Brackers Pro well, this time, but you, you maybe, can't use it on discounted items. Maybe that's where I get to be the you know GM for a day or something like that. Be able to execute all the future free agent signings or something like something like that. I think that's only fair, honestly. <laughs> I think that's the only fair way to do it to reward an employee, a loyal employee, what have you, for 75 years of great service. That just makes a whole I lot would of take sense. It. So, Wes, I know that you you you're on the beat for quite some time with the uh, Green Bay Press Gazette. And you come in, you get hired by the Green Bay Packers. And at that point, there's some veterans there. There's some vets along the, uh, within the building, right? It's kind of, uh, you ever see Pirates of the Caribbean 2? The uh, dead man's chest where they're, (laughs) where they're attached to the the ship. Yeah. That's it. There's nothing bad about that. It's fine. It's fine. But like, there's some vets there. When it comes to, you know, obviously you're a professional at that point, you know, you, you have years of experience. Is there kind of, because I get this all the time because it's accurate, is there kind of like that imposter syndrome that like pops up and then you're just like, thank you so much for the opportunity. And they close the door and you're just like, oh God. <laughs> yeah, it's, exact, <laughs> it's exactly what it was. I, I go back to 2016. 2016, Tom, was the, was the most difficult year of my professional life. I, I, and, that, and that's a good thing, by the way. It's not hmm. like, oh, what was me? I mean, it just, it was a big year of change. I'd worked 10 years at the Press Gazette between yeah. my time doing preps and, and part-time sports reporting. And then Mike Vandermoss giving me the opportunity to come on the beat full-time in 12. And when I came over in 16, it was a little nervous. I remember it and I interviewed with a ton of people and I remember, uh, you know, asking, making sure like, you know, what does, what does Mike think of this? Mike McCarthy, <laughs> like, is he, is he on board with this? Is yeah. this cool? And, and uh, fortunately I, I think everybody understood that I, I tried maybe someone in agree, but I try to do it with a certain amount of professionalism and just, you know, I never try to make it personal, just try to do my job at the press Gazette and obviously doing it at a very young age. The sure. first year, uh, we all, and I, I like this one of my favorite stories. 
we pulled in. It's the only time this ever happened to it. Obviously, when it happened this year, they brought in our digital team into one of the team meetings and at, at right in the beginning of training camp. And they introduced all of us individually. And, and I mean, we're talking about Larry McCarron in that group yeah. and, and Larry gets a nice little ovation. And uh, then I come up and, <laughs> and like, it was, it was the, it was like a nineties pro wrestling kind of like heel walking out of the, uh, the, the entrance way. And, and I got a nice smattering of booze um, and, and some cheers too. And I, I, I always will thank uh, Mike Daniels. What came up to me after that, uh, and welcome me aboard. Uh, Sam Barrington was also very great. Um, and J. Ron Elliott's more, probably one of my favorite people and a guy that I consider a friend uh, that came out of this. And all those guys were incredibly welcoming. And it's gotten progressively easier over those sure. years. And later that year, too, Jordy Nelson and I actually laughed a little bit. He said he got a big kick out of that, that introduction. I think mostly it was playful. But the thing that's <laughs> cool about it now, Tom, is that now I the 2016 draft class, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, um, Blake, when he was here, those guys don't know me even from the newspaper. And now there's a smattering of guys. There's what, yeah. four or five guys that I actually covered when I was at the press gazette. Uh, so that that's been a different change, but it's, it, the job has gotten progressively easier over the last few years as maybe sure. I distanced myself a little bit from the newspaper days. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that also the position that you're in, it's unique, right? Cause like you kind of one have like the best of both worlds of like being outside the, ba- the building and now literally inside the building yeah. and th- and this is one of the things that i get a lot which makes zero sense that they're like oh well you're just towing the company line and i'm like i don't i don't work for i'm in my, <laughs> I'm in my basement i don't i don't work for the green bay packers so for you like i don't even want to ask is that like a concern but like do you get that kind of i'm gonna call it feedback sure but like do you get that feedback of like ah oh, he's just telling the company line you won't bash the packers and blah 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 from- yeah all, all the time uh, especially with insider inbox that column that spoff and i write six days a week i mean that's something that comes up quite often but the way i've always looked at it two things tom one i'm not gonna blatantly lie to anybody on our website yeah uh i'm not just gonna tell you somebody's playing well if they aren't i'm not gonna <laughs> but the thing yeah. is is there's 53 guys on the roster and there, there's a bigger picture in play and i sure. think the one advantage this job has given me uh over my time at the press gazette is i don't have to be as reactionary to everything because the one thing i i tried not i tried to avoid when i was yeah. at the press gazette but naturally it's going to happen is a guy plays poorly you're you know with the, for lack of a better term you know just going to crucify him and, and you know be, say that hey you know, this guy's terrible. And I, I always think back to 14 or excuse me, 2015, I was doing the Packers grades then. And I remember, you know, if you go back and look at it, I was probably one of the harder guys on Devante. Yeah. And I remember, uh, I really hemmed and hawed at the end of that season, about whether or not I was going to give him a D or an, an F for that season. I think I ended up giving him a D you can find that on Google though. <laughs> and you know, then you see what he did now in the sure. player he's become like I, some people can write stuff or they can do things and then forget about it. I never do yeah. good, the bad, the ugly. If, even if I say a guy maybe is coming on and then he doesn't, I don't forget about that. I wrote that. So sure. I guess I just try to be very realistic and, and sort of take the emotion out of it. I, I don't want to have any of these moments where it's like, you know, how can you live with MVS? And that's no disrespect to Mark Daniels, but like, but, it, but it's those type of things because yeah. then he goes and makes a big play the next week. And, and, and then there's another, it's a human game Correct. played by humans is the phrase I always use. Some are held to a greater standard, the Aaron Rodgers standard, but we got to realize that not all these guys are superhuman. So I think in that regard, that's what I've really enjoyed about this side of the job sure. is that I'm able to tell stories, which is number one, Tom, what I wanted to do when I got into this business. And two, 
I, I don't have to be pressed into us always providing analysis on what's going wrong or what needs to change. I just sort of sure. see what it is and just give my thoughts on it, you know, in that aftermath. Yeah. And I, and I think that that's more than a practical way to approach it. Right. Cause you're just like, Hey, the, the guy who does have the one bad game, it's like, he might have a good game next week. He might not have a good game next week, right. Right? but I, I find that. And, and it's so infuriating and I get it because it's supplying a demand, but uh, the, the need for overreaction, clickbait, sensationalism. Yeah. And you could just be like, nah, here's what I say. Yeah. And I think it's, it's not only healthier, but I think it also too, like you also build that kind of rapport with the readers, you know, and obviously, you know, on Packers.com, there is a very loyal group of them yeah. that like then go like, okay, well, this is now what I come to expect from Wes. And if you're coming to Packers.com, Tom, you understand what you're getting. We're not, we're not trying to sell you a false, you know, bill of goods here. I mean, sure. Spoff and I, and, and you talk to Mike too. I mean, we try to do our, we both come from newspapers. We're journalists at heart. So, I mean, we, we don't want to just, you know, be snake oil salesmen. So it, it, it's just finding that, that right balance, I feel. And, and I, I'd like to think that we've done that. I'd like to think there's people out there that appreciate our content, appreciate the stories that we tell with, you know, this year has been a little different because I can't just go down and just sit down with Jair like I might have in the past or sure. Devante for something like it, it's, it, we're, we're, we're basically on the same rope as everybody else. Cause we don't want anyone to get sick. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, dealing with that aspect of it has been sort of the biggest, um, blessing I feel. And, and just honestly too, just the, the relationships that you kind of are able to forge with guys a little bit, um, not just even as players or access. I mean, just getting a un- chance to understand them more, like, sure. you know, where they come from, who they are, um, you know, and, and just having a, a better appreciation for that. Cause that at the end of the day, that's what this comes down to. People want to know about who these players are. They want to be able to get underneath the face mask. And I just hope that, you know, I can be another conduit to that. Yeah. And right. It provides a different lens, right? Because so many fans see them as you're on the football field for 60 minutes. Yeah. That's the lens I see you in. You either live in, you live and die by that perception. Yes. Right. And then like going forward, if you are able to kind of like take a peek behind the curtain, you know, that's when you get different sides of people and different stories. And I find that those are the things that are also going to like transcend the game, right? So yeah. like you could talk to Aaron Rodgers and like look and talk all about football and you could do all that great, wonderful stuff. And I think that's why so many people like like the Pat McAfee Tuesdays yes. now because right. like it provides like a totally different look than it provides like, you know, whether it's in like press conferences or whether it's obviously on the football field. And I mean, like there was one, I, if I'm not mistaken, they did it at Lambeau Field when he was talking to um, uh, Bon Iver. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Right. Like, that was an awesome conversation. Fantastic. Like, I, like, that, and I was just like, this is like, they're just like talking about music and talking about like random stuff. And like, that's the kind of stuff that like, I'm really drawn to because, mm-hmm. you know, one, once it's over, whether someone has an amazing career or whether it's a short lived career, you know, th- there's still a whole life to live. And I think like, I don't know that the, provide some really cool stories. Yeah. Because it, like I said, you look at like J Ron Elliott, like I mentioned, um, my kid has one Jersey. It's J. Ron Elliott. That's, That's the only awesome. jersey he has. Like, I mean, it's like those type of people that you just get to understand them and, you know, develop those kind of friendships. And, and that's one thing I valued because, I mean, I had people that I was, I, w- I was close with, like I knew, sure. like, you know, Micah Hyde and, and guys that I really respect and, you know, and, and I really enjoyed dealing with on a daily basis, but it is different when you're on this side of it. It just has to be. I mean, the way that we go about doing this thing, especially as you start to get into players who have only known you on this side for four or five, six years, um, you want to be able to have positive relationships with them. If positive relationships are warranted, if they're doing things that, that warrant that. And, you know, the, 
I, I'll never forget this. When I took the job, I talked to a good friend of mine, Darren Urban. I've told the story once before, but he does what I do at the Arizona Cardinals on their website. And he was a former newspaper man. Okay. And I remember asking him when I was interviewing for this, uh, it was like a seven month process for me to come over and actually join them. I, it started in October of 15 and ended in April of 16. And I remember asking Darren, I'm like, you know, what, it, what was the hardest transition? He's like, you're going to be in a point in your career if you're there long enough where you're going to be sitting in the press box at CenturyLink field and your team's going to be down 56 to nothing. And you're going to have to figure out a way to cover that because that's what happened to him in Arizona. And yeah. And that was a really interesting thing to think back on when I went through 17 and then particularly 18, uh, that side of it, that that's the challenge. And yeah, it's really easy to write and it's really easy to cover. And you even hear it in the zoom calls with the people that end up getting involved with these things when things are going well, uh, everybody is there and everybody wants to talk about it when things aren't, especially if you're on the team website, it's uh, it's a little bit of a different adventure. Yeah, I would, I would think so. I mean, when it comes to, you know, like 2014, you know, NFC championship game, then like, we don't like, we're just like, you know what? I'm glad I didn't have to really work uh, too hard that day. That's like, you know what? Real sick. Don't, can't, can't do it. Um, yeah. That, yeah. Those, those are the, those are the painful ones. Um, yeah, no, I, I completely understand that. And I think that, you know, you, you definitely do provide that service in terms of like, again, like getting that, that sneak peek behind the curtain. Um, and when it comes to the Packers itself, like kind of going a little bit more generally um, towards like the digital team and everything like that, I have noticed, and maybe it's just confirmation bias that there has been an uptick in kind of internet presence from the yeah. green Bay Packers. Can you please expand on uh, why it took so long, but two, uh, <laughs> You know, kind of what that process has been like. Also, how many subscribers does the Green Bay Packers YouTube channel have? It's unlisted. I want to know for ego. Thank you. You know what, Tom? I don't know either. I got to get an answer. I'm to just, that. I'm just saying, it's a and, little shady. It's a little for, sus. And for the record, when we started that Packers YouTube channel, I'm not kidding you. There was one day because that's this is out of my purview. I don't deal sure. with all that kind of technical <laughs> stuff. I'd be lying to you though if I told you I didn't waste about 20 minutes trying to figure out how I could find the actual subscribers on the page, and it didn't. It never actually happened. And to this day, I still don't know. Um, I, I love the direction we've went, and honestly, that was one of the things when I jumped on board in 16. Like, okay, reason I did this, not first and foremost. My wife is not from Green Bay, but she went to high school in Green Bay. We were high school sweethearts. We decided we wanted to start a family in Green Bay. <laughs> if if you're gonna do that. If you want to stay here, I'm born and raised in Green Bay. You'd be foolish not to want to be with the Green Bay Packers with all the uncertainty, the newspaper business. And I cheer for the Press Gazette every day. I cheer for newspapers every day. That's sure. where I come from. That's my home. But we made that decision. We want to be here. When I was going through the process and we were laying out the, the vision for where this thing was going to go, what we wanted to do, where we want to do, where, where, where things stood in 16 and where we see it going. Um, I felt like my ideals went in line with that completely, whether it was starting up unscripted, whether it was getting more player profiles on the website, mm. more long form stuff, just being able to be more connected uh, to fans. And, and another aspect of that is I think the advancement you've seen with the social media, um, we're still, we're not going to be like some of these teams where, you know, you get and, and not and hey, everybody does it differently, but some of these teams like to be sort of, you know, risque and, and controversial and some of their stuff. We're, we're not going to be that my hot meme. <clears throat> yeah. I mean that just, and if you think about it, that's never been like what the green Bay Packers even are as a team. Yeah. Like they win, they produce, and they have one of the most loyal fan bases in all of sport. Oh yeah. So cater to that fan base, but I still think you've seen the creativity side of it come out of it. And, and there's so many, that's the great thing about content generation in this time you know, and even able to have a conversation with yourself and other people 
you know, we are so connected. I remember when I was at the Press Gazette, my first seven years, my photo wasn't in the Press Gazette, let alone, you know, being on a, a, a video or a live yeah. stream or Packers Daily. I mean, it was a big deal to have my photo in the Press Gazette for the first yeah. time. And now here we are constantly being able to interact with people. And we, I think we've always embraced that, but just how we've been able to sort of, uh, you know, spread our wings a little bit the last few years, I, I think has really been an awesome, awesome change in, in seeing the evolution uh, of where we are and, and how we do things. Yeah, I think if there's anything that Packers fans like have wanted and it's just it's just more right it's more access it's like to the team they want to like get into training camp they want to like get into like seeing behind the scenes they I mean even you know even though training camp was closed off you had people at the gate literally looking under the tarp yes right like trying to be like I just want to see like just one glimpse of a calf yeah I, and it was, <laughs> but that's besides the point the thing is is that you know I, I think it's just you're, you're really starting to get that especially with the social media the social media game has I don't know. It's, it's, they're doing a great job, yeah. whoever that is. But they they really have stepped the game up. Um, and I think it just it just adds more of that connection, like you said, in that relationship to the fan base that is so desperately craving that. Because you do mention like there are other teams, and you know, they, like you said, they do everything on their own accord. But like they do, whether it's like for the shock value or whether they're going strictly for humor or whether they're going yeah. for whatever. And I think in terms of the Packers, like fans are just like, I just like want to be more in tune with my team because I don't live in Green Bay. I, maybe you don't even live in Wisconsin. Yeah. Right. And I just want to be closer to that. Yeah. And, and that's the direction I think it's gotten, you know, we've taken Tom and, and being able to, and this is a credit to Ryan Hartwig and our social team, our resources are so much more than what they were when I started, you know, Ryan's off in his own department now. I mean, we're all fall under digital, but like he has his own, you know, he's the manager of, of social and he yeah. has a full-timer underneath him and in interns. And that was far different. I, I remember my first year on weekends, I was helping fill in for him yeah. on social media or on, uh, you know, all the platforms. That's not good, Tom. You don't want me running any social media accounts. Um. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you how many times too I ended up deleting something. Uh, if you ever if you ever saw a thing deleted in 2016, chances are it would end up <laughs> being me messing that, that up. But but and again, it, it drives our content. You see it all the time. I'm sure you see it in your metrics too. Uh, just that that's where the eyeballs are, and that's what gets you on the stories. It's what gets you on the video, and then beyond that, just to be able to be creative and and use yeah. the artistry. Uh, Jen Fisher, who's uh, just Jennifer Fisher, not the actress. Um, <laughs> she, uh, she just got a job here with NASCAR and, uh, she did some amazing artwork, uh, the last two years in an internship position and like just stuff that I could have never envisioned, even in my little small brain to, to be able to, uh, sort of, um, you know, bring different aspects of personality of players to light. And ultimately that's what this comes down to. It's a personality business. Yeah and being able to relate to players. And I would like to think um, we, we've done a pretty good job of that. No, I would agree. I did want to ask it, so I'm going to ask it. Uh-oh. So Is it's my Wi-Fi going personally. out? No, 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 it's not on you personally. No, no, no. So my April uh, was interesting. Um, was an, it was an interesting month uh, with the draft. Was, uh, it was a time. I don't think I've ever seen that kind of visceral reaction everywhere. Like it was sure. shut it all down. Like it was 
attacking the team. Brian Gutekunst went from being like the savior to then fire Goody immediately. Yeah. And it was just such a punchback, which again is just even more delicious that everything is happening as it's happening right now. <laughs> For you, as being as connected to the team as you are, mm-hmm. was there any like sense of that? At, like, or is it kind of like you were insulated in like the nice hallowed halls of the atrium there where it was kind of like, I can block it out a little bit or like, did it just like, it broke down the, the, the beautiful glass doors and you're like, no, that that's coming in. Well, well, fortunately I was locked up in my attic that is for five true. months. You, so you I was home. able to, I was able to avoid the picketing. Uh, no, it wasn't. It, here's the thing is that when you see what happened with Brett Favre in 08, yes. Everything else is mild compared to that. that. Is the, true. the old video of the the gentleman, uh, you know, lambasting Ted. Take us to the, the toilet bowl. <laughs> I mean, again, yeah. you you ever want to have a, a two hour conversation about why I think Ted Thompson's a Hall of Fame general manager? We can have it starting with that clip. But that being said, uh, I was surprised. I was surprised. I think I even answered a couple questions in inbox that week, saying that I don't see it. I don't see them taking a quarterback. Yeah. And, and honestly, when they traded up. Uh, my immediate thought, I'll be 100% honest with you, I, I started looking at Patrick Queen's bio. I thought I was going to be yep. writing that. I thought that's the direction they were going. All that being said, the last time I looked, my title here is digital reporter. It is not the GM. It is not the director of college scouting. It's not oh, man. regional director. Uh, I, I, all I do is I write. And when the pick came down, my immediate focus changed to, all right, Jordan Love is the first round pick. We have to do this. I wrote the profile on him for our website. And the number one thing I always went back to is Jordan Love didn't ask to be drafted here. He just wants an opportunity. And Brian Gutekunst and the Packers gave him that. Now, this whole thing about with Farr or with Rodgers and everything and you know, what does this mean? And, and are they going to try to get him out of here? And is this the heir apparent? I don't know. And I, I, I'll never know. And Thank you. yes, yes. Were there good players on the board? Of course there were. The Packers were picking 26th overall and there's 500 college players that want to get into the league. Of course there were good players, but you know, talking to, you know, David Yost and some of the people in the past for with, with Jordan Love, I understood it. And I also kind of looked at it like, an investment for the Packers. It's that this is the best guy that they felt was on the board. They went and obtained him. Could he end up being the quarterback? Maybe. You don't know what injuries are going to happen. You don't know what situations are going to unfold. But if you if you looked at that pick and was like, all right, well, this is the end of Aaron Rodgers. You haven't been watching Aaron Rodgers' career the last 12 years as a starting correct. quarterback here. It just correct. doesn't work like that. And every single time, this is why I get so annoyed with national pundits and people that, that say this stuff about Rodgers is that every single time, Tom, you, you, char- you, you count him out or you think it's over, he's right back in your face with 121.5 passer rating. It's just the way it goes with him. So yeah. uh, it, it, we'll see what happens with Jordan Love. I also think Tim Boyle, honestly, is a pretty darn good quarterback. So when people were making a big deal of him not beating out Boyle for the number two job, I'm like, this is a young man that needs to develop. He's also not the Packers to. <laughs> the Packers knew he was supposed to develop yeah. when they drafted him. So we're going to see exactly where that takes him. But if the Packers win the Super Bowl, it's going to be based on how good this team was and how good the young players stepped up. If they don't win the Super Bowl, it's not because they didn't take a player in the first round at a skill position or on defense. You just, you can't expect that. Yeah. Um, there are good players that were taken after Jordan Love's spot, but there's also guys that haven't contributed yet. So being able to sit there and look through that, what you think is a crystal ball and say, oh, I was 100% right. Yeah. You very rarely are if you're being honest with yourself. 
Yeah, 100%. And I think that that's what it is, right? Like, because when the Packers, like, lose against the Buccaneers, it's just like, oh, well, probably for picking Jordan Love, right? Like, and yeah. it's in every, all three whole losses that we had, right? It's because we picked Jordan Love, obviously. That just makes 100% <laughs> sense. And, like, that's that's the, the thing that I feel like so many people are unwilling to accept. Like, I don't know. I have no idea how yeah. long Aaron Rodgers is going to be on this team. I don't know if Jordan Love's going to be a Hall of Fame. I don't know. Like, I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows. Yeah. And I and people are just like, nah, I want to know. <laughs> yeah. And, and and I get it, okay? Sure. Because that's what's fun about this, right? Yeah. It's it's just, it's, it's see, it's, oh, hey, who do I think is going to be a really good player? Yeah. And I can say, oh, yeah, I saw Devontae Adams. I saw that coming before he ended up being what he was. But the only thing that I sometimes get, like, that it's tough about having that mentality is if you have your eyes and your focus so set into the future, you're going to miss what's right in front of you. And right in front of you is a team that went 13-3 and in back-to-back seasons for the first time in 23 years and has a realistic chance of winning a Super Bowl this season. We can, and I still get it in inbox. People want to know, well, what's the salary cap situation look like for next year? Who are they going to need to draft? Is this player going to be back? And it's like, you got to buy here and you got the divisional playoff game after that, potentially three more games to go in this season. Enjoy that. If you, we will have six months to discuss everything that goes into the 2021 season. Enjoy what's in front of you right now. I I just think that it's not just with football. I think that happens in a lot of different aspects of our society that there just aren't people willing to appreciate the present. They always want to hedge towards the future. Good old Ferris Bueller, right? Yeah. I'll look around every once in a while. He might miss it. Yeah, no, you're you're a hundred percent accurate. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's that's essentially what it is. And the, the off season's so long; it's so long. It is. We have time to talk about all that nonsense. Literally, starting after the Super Bowl, we could talk about it. It's but. it's it's filling for six months. It's it's yes. being able to get the anticipation and the the bandwagon sort of all revved up uh, for the upcoming season. And that's cool. It's fun to cover sure. the draft. It's fun to cover the NFL scouting combine. And when I could go and be a real person at the owners meetings, that was great too. But yeah, I mean, we only get 16 games. Well, next year will be 17, 17, yeah. but you only get 16 regular season games and whatever you have left in the postseason. I mean, you want to enjoy that time because yeah. it goes by quick. I, I, I blinked. It's felt like Tom and here we are already in January. And it just seems like yesterday I was coming back getting my first COVID test. I mean, that's just, that's <laughs> just, just the like way yesterday. It goes. My nostrils were being violated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, it's been no, fun. I, I, this year has been a lot of fun to cover sure. this team. Just seeing not just, Oh, it's they won. And Oh, that's awesome. No. I mean, the personalities that came out of it, seeing how Aaron Rodgers has embraced the zoom stuff. I mean, as thoughtful as he's been at his locker, he's been even more exceedingly thoughtful at the zooms and fans have been able to really digest that a little bit more oh, yeah. rather than just waiting for packers.com or wbay or whoever to post the, the the video of the of the interview that that stuff has been cool as much as i miss the day-to-day interaction with players seeing Devonte adams and some of these guys really uh own this this unique season has been uh really in terms of just a uh someone that chronicles the green bay packers yeah uh and has had done that for eight years now i mean that is that's a new thing and it's a huge silver lining to what otherwise was a really demoralizing 2020. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. <laughs> I would agree hundred percent. I'm just like, okay, it's Sunday. The Packers are playing, right? Cause there's such a finite amount. And the fact that I'm even able to watch football in this dumpster fire of a year, I was just like, yeah, I'm good. Like it's crazy, but it's good because at least like there's that tiny bit of escapism that we could flee towards and, and watch some football. So, yeah. and you know, our team is also 
number one in the NFC. So you really, you really can't ask for a whole lot more. Um, and they started doing that too. And, and just to, we'll talk about this point and then we'll move on. But the idea of like when they drafted Jordan Love too, the focus then became about Jordan Love. And I'm like, you still have a Hall of Famer as yeah. a quarterback. And if anything, that should just make you appreciate whatever time you have left with him yes. even more so. Because yeah. if anything, that has just signaled that at some point, because we don't like to think about that, of course, at some point, he's not going to be under center, whether that is two years, three years, five years, 10 years. I don't know. Yeah. But it's, it's going to happen. So just appreciate the hell out of it while you got it. Well, and how many people thought Garoppolo was going to be the guy that succeeds Brady? I mean, this stuff does happen, sure. you know, and, and, and then they end up getting traded for more assets or draft, you know, equity. I mean, those type of things do happen in this league. And if you feel like you have a developmental player, it doesn't matter what the position is. You, you go and take a chance on that player. And, you know, the other thing that I think fed into this a little bit that has made maybe the love thing a little bit crazier than most years is fans didn't get to see Jordan Love. Mm. he's still an anomaly to them they don't know what true. he is that's very very true uh, an enigma was the word i was going for there but that we saw him in those practices that weren't open to the public he didn't play any preseason games so like i still think there's a large unknown although i think some of us on the beat got a pretty good feel of okay what this guy does well and where he needs to work on things you didn't get that local television you know fox yeah. 11 or whoever broadcast of the the preseason game that you, you were missing that this year and i think that created a little bit more mystery and sure. we all know how much fans love to take mystery and turn it into something else. Absolutely. Yeah. The only thing that you saw was like, he missed a couple of nets in practice and then that went viral and people were just like, look, I told you so. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. this is where we are now. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we are. Wes, I got two more questions for you and they're doozies. So okay. do you want like the really tough one first? Or you want the less tough one? Oh, I want the real tough. I, I always want the real tough one. And I like to end on more of a fun note. So yeah, I me with the real tough one. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse my pajama pants. <laughs> okay. So Wes, you see this hat design? Yes, sir. Okay. Do you know this hat? You remember the I, design? It's from I, years I, ago. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't recall it. I'm not going to lie to you and say I, I don't. I don't. It's okay, Wes. Okay. It's I'm fine. an honest fine. person. That's fine. That's fine, Wes. Okay. It's disappointing. Okay. okay, so, okay. The Green Bay Packers, they produce a lot of uh, memorabilia, a lot of uh, merchandise. <clears throat> when I was a lad, uh, they produced this hat right here. Yes, there you go. There you go. Absolutely. They Listen, water bottles, masks, you know, Microsoft you surfaces, <laughs> they, whatever. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised that it's not on the microphone right now. Like, uh, I'm, Yeah, we got the Sirius XM instead. That's, that's how I feed my child. <laughs> shout out to serious xm okay yeah um okay so this hat uh i got when i was a lad and if there's anything that i like more than hats i never wear any of these but there's anything more i like i love the beanies right love yeah love. they're always super sure. comfortable what have you so my uncle uh was tasked with getting me the beanie in this design years ago okay failed miserably told me not to buy it because he was going to get it Wound up getting like a $3 hat from some Goodwill store. Wasn't even wrapped. It was a disaster. <laughs> Never got the hat. So my question for you is, do the Green Bay Packers have a stash of items that are about 10 to 15 years old? And if so, can I break into that vault? They definitely have older items. I don't know how far that vault goes back, but lucky for you, I have some really good friends in the pro shop and I can definitely ask. I'm not promising anything though, um, but I can definitely ask and we can, we can crack that vault, Tom, and see if maybe 
just maybe the hat of your dreams is behind that door. We'll see. It might also just be some dust. <laughs> you know what? This is uh, this is the most excited I think I've ever been. Uh, hey, seriously though, um, DM me, take a photo of that and send it to me, and then I'll uh, I'll I'll show the appropriate people and see if they have anything and what we refer to as the distribution center. It is unfortunate. You didn't tell me about this though earlier, because every year they do a, like a week. Oh, used to always call it the warehouse day where it's not technically the warehouse anymore, Uh where we could go down, we can scamper down and we get to pick like three or four items um, from the warehouse that we get to that are free or either there's something wrong with them or they were returned or they just didn't sell. Yeah. And that may have very well been in there. And I also tell you one more story. There are always tire marks in the Green Bay Packers Lambeau Field parking lot with Mike Spofford's car zipping over to the distribution center to make sure to pick up uh, a couple items that he may or may not pass off as Christmas presents. Not letting anything out of the bag there, but no, 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 no. It's just, you know, just there's there's some hunches there. Okay, this is the uh, honestly, you know, this is heading into my seventh year doing this show. Um, and this is what, honestly, this has all been leading up to. So this, uh, this, you just been looking for that answer. That, that's it. I literally have been just looking to get this freaking hat in a beanie. That's all Did I you been... say it was your uncle that came up empty. Yeah. You or... Yeah. Have you ever let him off the hook for that? That seems like that might've been a deal breaker. I mean, he died. So <laughs> but to your answer your question no hey, so I didn't. what was your last question <laughs> <laughs> to answer your question no I, he's he's still not off the hook no that's that's uh god rest his soul no 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 because that hat didn't come through <laughs> uh, anyway so <laughs> really oh my god loss. i'm so glad i asked that question now <laughs> oh holy crap that was funny okay uh <laughs> So the other last question I have for you, um, Packers Unscripted has, uh, yes. has, has come along. That <laughs> We're pivoting hard. Yeah, we're pivoting. Oh, we're pivoting so hard. Smooth transition. Uh, RIP. So um, Packers Unscripted has come a long way uh, since its inception. You mentioned the brand new uh, studio uh, that Spoffer gets to utilize and not you and, uh, and, and kind of where it's at. My question for you is kind of like, what vision do you have for that show? And what next steps are you going to take to get it to that point? So so the whole thing, how Packers Unscripted started, and it was pitched to me the moment that I got hired. I'm talking, if I started on April 25th, April 26th, we were talking about this. And the main reason was, is because at the time they were doing a deal with Time Warner Cable uh, Sports Channel, now referred to as Spectrum. Spectrum ended up buying them out. And the thing is, is there were certain content we were going to provide. Packers Live. Um, you know, the, the Mike McCarthy, uh, you know, season preview show at the training camp, the draft up, but the thing about this, and you know, this a little bit, you can have these big, you know, sort of tent pole sort of things, but that doesn't eat up daily content. Um, it's a few big productions that a lot of people have a role in and and it's hour long and it's well-produced, but you also sometimes just need your typical, for a lack of a better term, your first take type shows to be able to get you through the day. That's yeah. where Spoff and I came in. In the first year we did it, dude, we shot it 160 times. And that was a grind. Uh, it was incredible. Yeah. Now, 
the nice thing is, is we've been able to scale that back a little bit. Our original plan this year is we were going to do like a 50, 50. We were going to still do some stuff on camera. We have the studio, we have the resources. Larry actually shot it with me today. Um, it, cool thing to do. But we also wanted to shift to more of a podcast. Since the day I've been in this business, I've been trying to do a podcast. Honestly, going back to 06 and 07, I was trying to do audio stuff. The Press Gazette told me when I tried to pitch it back in 2012 or whatever, uh, they just want to watch videos. People just want to watch videos. If you're going to do a podcast, they'll just do the videos. It's like, come on, bro. Like, let me do it. And then what happened immediately after I left, they hired Nagler and they were doing two podcasts a week. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, come on. But anyway, I got over here. We're still doing the videos, but I wanted to do an audio component, maybe try to do some more player interviews and things like that. And then March 14th happened and and life itself got upended. So we usually shoot unscripted at the same time. Players are just going about their day-to-day stuff. So that's why it works with just Spoff and myself. And just being able to discuss things and talk through things has always been a really fun thing. I think a lot of our story ideas sometimes have come out of that kind of, that kind of, you know, communication. Um, so I, I still think there's a lot of, a long way we can go with it, Sure. but being able to, uh, sort of shift now that we're not sort of locked into a contract, we can just kind of do it when we want to do it. I think we've been yeah. doing it two days a week this season. Uh, that that's been a lot of fun. And it also, to be honest with you, it was great content, uh, during the off season because we ran into some issues, especially for our video folks, Spoff and I can write anything, but our video folks, there was nothing to shoot. There were no interviews to, to, to do anything with. We weren't going out and doing projects. So it was one more thing that we could do to keep video on the website. So I, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, certainly it's been something I think you've seen Spoff and I, if you go back and watch the ones in 16 to where we are at today, um, I think we've both grown into it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a big difference. So it, it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. Well, Mr. we're just Metopolis. trying to meet your standard, Tom. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> you try i mean you know you don't always attain but you try right you, i mean you listen shoot for the shoot for the moon and still land amongst the stars shoot for the grassy pretty sure i read that off of uh an instagram <laughs> post once pretty sure that was on there yeah well well listen uh, wes i i look forward to the day uh when fans can return to lambeau field and uh we'll bring the posse and uh yeah. it'll just be a wave of people and we'll, yeah, I uh, do too, man. I, I can't explain to you how weird this season has been, uh, at Lambeau. I, obviously I didn't travel. This is the first time since my first year on the beat, I didn't travel. And even yep. that year, I still went to the NFC North games. Uh, so covering these games from television has been really weird, but I, I I'm, I'm in the COVID testing protocol. So I actually have to be separate from the press box area. So I'm not actually in the press box. I'm in like the typical suite area. So to get there from where I am, I have to walk basically through the bowl. Yeah. And every time I do that, it is just sobering. It does not get normal. Yeah. Um, when you just see, there's just my favorite thing about working this beat and covering the team is when you get out of your car on a traditional Sunday morning and you smell brats in the air and there's just laughter, there's cars everywhere. And it, it lost that this year. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's I'm glad I'm grateful to have a job. I'm grateful sure. they were able to get the games in, but like as Aaron Rodgers has said time and time again, football and sports in general just isn't the same uh, without the fan element. The employees and the frontline workers are doing a terrific job as best they can to provide some atmosphere the last two months. But unless you actually get those typical screams and shouts and hollerings and, and that ovation that you hear after a big catch, yeah. Um, when this process is over and hopefully at some point it's over, uh, that's the part that I'm going to relish the most being back. Sure. 
and I will say, you and I have a uh, a connection for our uh, stain of cheese. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. Born and raised in Green Bay, Wisconsin. My mother currently works at a cheese store and uh, I've never been a cheese person. It will literally kill me. So, uh, oh, I don't have that excuse. No, I can (laughs) can live. It will. uh, It will literally. Yeah. Allergic to milk and uh, dairy since birth. Not even lactose intolerance. It's not even like a pop a pill. No, it will legit just done. And that was. So how did they figure that one out? Were they trying to trying to get you on the. The juice yeah. there early and yeah so uh i can tell you that too uh if you want to hear that story so first they found out that i had asthma when i was a baby thankfully i've grown out of that because they went and i was in my crib and i was blue oh. um and so and i was like whoa i'm not a lions fan so they uh, <laughs> they brought me to the hospital and they're like oh he has severe asthma um and then we found out because my dad gave me creamed spinach um oh, that okay. that also triggered my asthma and closed my throat at the same time so yeah it was good times, but then I ruined my life and went vegan. So, you know, that also that too. So hey, like, it's just, I, I s- failed at being a vegan twice. Yeah. It's yeah, uh, couldn't it's do not, it. It's going on four years, I think. Yeah. Four years. Yeah. yeah. I, I going I, to green Bay. I can't do anything. I've gone to no. 1919 and like, I think they went there. The last time I was there was like two years ago and I sat down and I was like, Hey, what can I have? And they're like, nothing. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, seriously, I remember cliff crystals daughter is a vegan. She, she's a lawyer, at least last time I knew down in Chicago and she came up here for, for a time. And it's, I mean, you try being a vegan in green Bay, Wisconsin, you're going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a long run for you. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be problematic. Thankfully the beer was vegan. So the beer was fine. So I there just you know. was just like, we're getting, we're getting hops in here. That's fine. <laughs> we get barley. We'll be, it'll be fine. <laughs> That's all you can do, right? Just That's try it. to do that and fill your stomach the best you can. Yeah. That was actually the, one of the nights that like my wife, cause she um, is a fellow grass eater that she actually like broke it because she just went in and she was like, I need to eat food. So she got like a chicken bacon ranch, like piece yeah. of pizza. And I was just like, I get it. I, understand. I was, I was too tired. That was my thing. I, I was always tired all the time. Yeah. And then I was like, and I just don't like beans enough in tofu. I'm not, yeah. I'm not a huge tofu guy either. No. Yeah, no, I'm not. I can to- do it. It's just it's so, not. It's, it's so much easier nowadays though. Like I have ice cream that's in yeah. my freezer. Like, you know, I'm not, it's fine. It's fine. It, it's, yeah. I like it, but yeah, no, you, I, when I found out that you didn't do cheese, I was just like, touched my soul. Yeah. I just, I can't do it. I don't know if it's a texture thing or when I was young, my parents didn't, I don't know what it was, dude. Exactly. Like, it's just, I've never, hmm. never been a big cheese guy. Like, and it's actually kind of annoying too, because I know uh, on Mondays they give us, they are very nice. They bring us free subs on Mondays. It's been a long night. We have a big day ahead of us on Monday. So our, our floor gets Jimmy John's. Um, and there was one time they, they put cheese and mayo on it. And I hated to be that guy, but I'm like, I'm not going to eat this. Yeah. So yeah. we got to get this out that of was, here. That was my entire childhood. Yeah. My pizza parties. I was not invited to because of that exact reason. Yeah. No, yeah. it was just like, Oh, no, we got to, got to get Thomas salad. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, I'm six. Um, yeah. So that was, uh, <laughs> that was, that was that. But yeah. Wes, this has been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, man. It was a lot of fun. Um, I hope that, you know, we get a chance maybe to, to jump back on here, and talk about a Super Bowl potentially someday we're down the line, but yeah, yeah, this was a big check mark for me. I, I had a lot of things on my list of uh, things I wanted to do in my my career as a this reporter. Was the, and this was at the very bottom. This was like number like, all right, whatever, 1,612. Nope. Done. Got it. Nope. <laughs> Top 10. Top 10. <laughs> Top Last 10. year I did, uh, I did um, Corey and Aaron's show, and, and here I am this year on the, on the Tom Grassi show. <laughs>
the era of new beginnings, right? And uh, improvement. Sorry, what? <laughs> it's okay. I love Corey and Nagler. They're fine. They're fine. But Wes, tell the people where they can find everything that you do, where they can see your face now that it is proudly plastered all over Packers.com. We're not hiding it anymore. We ain't really the Gazette. Is. Yeah, we got we to gotta do something about that. We got to get... We got to get another video person in there. Spoff and I are on way too much of the website. But that being said, that website is Packers.com. Also, Packers Unscripted. You can find it on all the streaming you know, devices, whether it's your Spotify's or I think we even put it on YouTube and obviously uh, iTunes. So, yeah, it's been, it's been a good run. And, and fortunately, uh, we got another busy January ahead of us here. So that's always exciting. Absolutely, buddy. It's going to be a beautiful thing. And like I said, hopefully uh, we can celebrate a Super Bowl real soon. But Wes, thank you, my good sir. Thank you so much for watching, folks. I'm Tom Grassi. And as always, go back, go. 